You're listening to the Flow Theory Podcast. Hello there, Flow Theory Podcast listeners. I'm Wade Peary. And if you enjoyed part one of our interview with Calvin Big Play McRae, pull up a seat and butter your popcorn because here is part two. Wanted to talk to you about Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith uh, took, he had 474 plays from scrimmage in 2007, yeah. and he had 2,809 scrimmage yards and 30 TDs. Talk, talk to me about like what type of a beating Kevin Smith took in his college football yeah. career. Man, you can, I can only imagine, you know, because I knew, I know what my body went through. I couldn't imagine having that many tears, you know. Uh, you talk about a position that you're damn near getting hit every play, you know. And I think that that's a credit to his durability, man. So, you know, obviously he was doing something to take care of him, his body, to take care of himself, keep himself on the field. But I, I can only imagine, man, uh, I'm talking about, you know, I think the most tears I had in the game was like 42. And I remember after that game, I was like, Jesus Christ, bro. Man, where's the ibuprofen, man? Just somebody carried me to the bus. So I can only imagine the beating he took. Uh, but again, it goes back to clearly he had taken care of his body in the offseason and done whatever he needed to do to get himself prepared, man. Anytime you can rush for 2,000 yards, you're doing something right. Um, so I can only imagine, man. I, and I kind of think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he came out early. He actually got drafted uh, in that Detroit Lions class with Landon Cohen, who we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I think that that might be one of the reasons he didn't have a lot of longevity in the league, man. That wouldn't tear on your body. You know, it's, it's hard, man. As you can see, most teams in the NFL, and even in college, they're going to have two or three running backs, you know. Right. And that was like, even in 2007, you didn't see that as often. You know, I can remember talking to Coach Alvin and him saying he wants a bag that he can have on the field at all three down, you know. But again, on the flip side of that, shit, you end up taking a beating, man. Your body, I feel more, I feel more stuff now, just aches and bruises and pain. I get out of bed and it sounds like somebody's walking on an old wooden floor, all the creaks and cracks when I get out of the bed in the morning. Like, shit, be just popping and clicking and clacking. And it's like, damn, you know, uh, it catches up with you, man. It catches up with you after a while. Yeah, you had the seventh most plays from scrimmage in the country that year in 2007. You had 323 plays from scrimmage in 2007. Man, I, I never knew that. That's crazy. But it, and when you look back on it, it's like, it's cool. It's fine because you want to be on the field. You know, you, you want to be on the field. You want to be out there helping your team. You want to be doing whatever you can to, to get this win and be there for your teammates. But looking back on it, like, damn, that, that, that's a lot of plays, man. That's a lot of plays. Yeah, uh, that is a lot of plays, man. And I'm rattle off for you some of the guys from the 2007 running. The 2007 running back class was just one of the most iconic. Like this is crazy. crazy. This was, is a crazy stat. It was crazy, three man. guys, three guys from the running back class of 2007 all had over 390 plays. From scrimmage, Kevin Smith, Ray Rice, and Matt Forte. That's absolutely yep. fucking ridiculous for three guys in one season to have that volume of touches. So the 2007 running back draft class is fucking nuts. And I can remember being at the combine. The combine was one of the most stressful, enjoyable experiences I ever had in my life. But, you know, you go going by alphabetical order. I'm sandwiched in between Gary McFadden and Rashad Mendenhall. And I can remember that we're standing in the line, we're getting ready to get our height and weight and, and hand size. And the cameraman, he puts it on Gary McFadden. And they, you know, obviously there. The people back in the studio talk about McFadden. He kind of drops the camera, walks past me, and picks it up and goes right to Rashad Mendenhall. And I'm like, fuck, man, let me, let me lean back in the camera. So I could give him some TV time while you know, while I was on Rashad Mendenhall, man. But that job class was crazy. It was crazy. And majority of those dudes that came out were underclassmen. Like, right. 
uh, Kevin Smith, uh, Darren McFarland, Rashad Mendenhall. Jonathan Stewart, um, LaShawn McCoy. Dude, boy, uh, those, listen, then you talk about you still had Chris Johnson. Uh, you still had Matt Forte, Justin Forsett went on to have. Justin Forsett was my roommate at the combine. He went on to have a really good career. You know, it was, that class was loaded, man. There's a, there's a lot of talent in that class. Talk about uh, talk about Chris Johnson's uh, 40-yard dash. He had the absolutely <laughs> – wasn't that the combine record that year? Yeah, it was the combine record that year. I think Ross, one of the dudes, just broke it. So, they, you know, they kind of – you warming up. It's Chris Johnson. You know, he was Jay. So, you're warming up, and I'm getting ready, and you look over, and he takes off, and you're like, damn. That's a, that was the, the common word used around – the running back group watching him run. It's damn. Um, and there's no clocks in there, so you can't see what he's running. He just knew it was real fucking fast. And clearly it was. He held that record for a few years, man. What he, what he run was a low, low four twos, right? Four twos, yeah, four twos. And those, and in my mind, I'm like, shit, he's running four twos. Now I got to come out here with my four six. What the hell am I going to do? Like, let me borrow some of that speed, man. But like, let me see if I can get him to run for me, <laughs> yeah, we can change these folks and let him run for me, man. But you know, I think, and I think that adds to the I don't know if you want to say mystique or whatever of that draft class, though, man. You know, the dudes, those dudes, that was a really, really good running back class. Yeah, talk about uh, talk about like all the different things you had to do like during the combine week um, in Indianapolis. Like <laughs> what. You know, what parts of the process yeah. were the most stressful for you? So, it's funny because when, uh, when LeVon, when Bond was going through, he was getting ready to go to the combine. He, um, he, uh, I kind of tried to give him a heads up, like, hey, this is what you're going, going to go through. And I don't know if it's changed now, but when I went through, like, that first day, uh, it's like medical exam. You got to get, you have to be seen by all 32 team doctors. So, you go into this room. Right, mm-hmm. you give the doctors you give the doctors your your uh, your folder. And when the first one of the first thing they do, they say um, list all the injuries you had. You know what I mean? You list all your injuries, serious or not. They just want to know you list your stuff, and you go in and you sit on this table, and that's somebody the doctor from the Titans is pulling your shoulder. The tight the, the doctor from the Steelers is pulling your knee. It's like what the fuck is going on? You, you leave that room, you go to another room. And a doctor from the Cowboys is checking the back of your neck, and the doctor from the uh, Chiefs is checking your ankle. So you go through, and you eventually get seen by all team doctors. I made it through all of that, no issues, right? At this point, I'm tired as fuck. I'm ready to go back to the room. Well, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wanted me to get a uh, uh, MRI on my back, and I said I had lower back pain. So I had, that took like another two hours out of my night. I had to go sit in this machine for an hour to get an MRI on my back, and I never heard from the Buccaneers throughout the whole process. Did they? You know did they I mean? have the machine at uh, Lucas Oil Fieldhouse? No, I had to go to some clinic. They put me in a van with some other dude, and we went to this clinic, and you know, uh, you you do your, you do your thing, and they take you back. I think one of the most intense moments I had at the combine. Um, so they give you this key change, your language or whatever, and they have this thing on the back of this team that requested interviews with you. So the Cowboys had requested an interview with me. And I'm talking to some old white dude. I don't even know who he was. He's like, Calvin, man, I really, really like you. Just go in there, be calm, uh, be well with the interview. You know, if it were up to me, we would definitely draft you. I'm like, cool, I don't know you, but I appreciate you going to bat for me. You know what I mean? So I go in the room and they blow these air horns. You walk in the room, um, and I introduce myself. I can't even remember who the hell head coach was at the time. I think Jason Garrett was still the OC. Um, so you shake hands. I introduce Is this Jason, myself. Jason Garrett for the Cowboys. Yep. Yep. God, talk um, about one of the biggest pussies in the NFL, dude. I, I cannot stand <laughs> Jason Garrett. I will go on record to say that Jason Garrett is one of the biggest 
pussies in the National Football League. I've never seen a coach in my life do so little coaching, but somehow keep his job. Jason Garrett would literally just clap his hands on the sidelines, just do nothing but clap his hands, never talk to Zeke, never talk to Dak, never yelled or anything, just clapped his hands because all Jason Garrett was was a puppet of Jerry Jones, and he just did whatever the fuck Jerry Jones told him. That's hilarious, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, so you walk in this room, and then when they blow the elf horn, they blow the air horn the second time. That's where the interview starts. So I've already met these coaches. They got a whole uh, offensive staff and whatnot. And that, the horn goes off, and I'm like, all right, we're getting ready to go. And boom, out of the gate. Dude says, "Hey, what's the first time you smoked weed?" I'm like, what the, what the fuck? Are you, what are you talking? To? Like, it threw me off because I'm thinking we're about to talk football. Man comes out like, "What's the first time you smoked weed?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> like, like, like Denzel like, and Trey yeah. today. When's the time you first? Yeah. When's the first time you smoked yeah. weed, dog?" <laughs> I'm like, "Man," so I'm like, "Nah, you know, I don't smoke cool." And boom, we go right into football stuff. It was so random. That was they asked that question. I guess they were trying to throw me off, which they fucking succeeded doing that. So then, you know, you go into the part where they're like, drop your favorite running play. I draw it up. Drop your favorite pass protection. I do that. Boom. They draw one of their plays. They show me what everybody's doing, right? They say, give me the name of the play. So I got like one minute to look at this play. They erase it. They say, now draw this play back for me. Jesus, dude. I'm that like, sounds impossible. Good God. What the hell? I would have failed the shit out of that test, bro. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't overly complicated, but after being thrown off like that, and then you got to do this, you're like, oh, shit, man. And the whole time you're trying to draw the play and remember, somebody's in the background like, what's the name of this play again? That shit. It felt like a tornado. A tornado was going off in that room. When the air horns went off, it spit me back out. And I I stood in front of that door for like two minutes. I just had to get my shit back together. Before I can go back to my room, man. It was super intense. Super intense. Calvin, did I ever tell you about the time that I I, I did some work for some agents in uh well, one agent in particular, I wrote some like NFL draft profiles for him. And then I he he mm-hmm. flew me to Indianapolis, right? So like I didn't know anything okay. about the NFL agent game, right? I was just like, all right, I'll write these profiles for you. You know what I mean? But <laughs> it was it was stupid yep. as shit, bro, because those agents, all they want to do is doctor up those stupid profiles to make their fucking their client look good. It's the biggest bunch of bullshit. Yep. It's like you guys yep. actually think that shit works. Hey, let me tell you what works putting good film on the field, man. Like that's all there is to it. Like those agents, like they're just delusional thinking doctoring all those profiles is going to fucking fool someone into taking your client. It doesn't work like that guys. Sorry. It it, it definitely doesn't, man. You talk about the combine, man. And just NFS got, well, you would like to think it's one of the most, thorough interview processes. You got film. You get to sit down and talk with these people. But at the same time, the combine has gotten people a lot of money and they've done nothing on the field. You know, it's, um, there was a D lineman out of Ohio State a few years ago. And I can't remember his name. He went to the combine. He tested freakishly well. Went in the first round to the Jets. Did nothing in the NFL. You know, uh- so... I don't know, man. It's, it's, it, it, it is crazy to think that you would think that the film would speak for itself, but obviously some of that profile shit works. I, I love, I love watching the combine because it's football and I love mm-hmm. the gauntlet drill. The gauntlet drill is to me <laughs> one of yeah. the best drills yeah. in football. And by the way, it looks fucking impossible. Cause I, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you got balls flying at you from all different directions. Everywhere, Everywhere, man. It's crazy. It's it, 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 way the combine, man. The on the field stuff was the easiest stuff to do. You know what I mean? That's that's just cool. But it's like a meat market, man. And so you got a line full of dudes and just and, and just their you know their compression. No shirt, no shoes, no socks. You damn near walk up on stage like it's an auction block. They say your name, Calvin McRae, I'm running back Ohio University, five nine two zero four. 
you know, hand size this. And now you step up there with no shirt. Hey, just to be completely honest with you, that shit seems like a slave auction to me. Because when you step on that stage, everybody, because there's like a, um, bleachers out there and all the coaches sit in it. And they're looking at you and they're just writing stuff down. You know what I mean? It just, that shit made me real. That part of it made me real uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I could, I could like. see, I could see a lot of guys not liking the uh, weigh-in part yeah. for sure. I mean, because you're like half-ass naked in front of like a bunch <laughs> yeah, of random man. strangers. I, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and they're like, it's like they're like, ooh, yeah, I like that. I like that about him. It's just weird to me. Man. That's probably the weirdest yeah. part of it. Have you ever, you know, uh, Bruce Feldman? Bruce Feldman. He is well. No, he, I don't think he works with ESPN anymore. But he wrote. There's a book called uh, Meat Market that he wrote a long time ago about the college football recruiting, or I think it's uh, college football recruiting process. I haven't gotten to read it, but you mentioning Meat Market kind of make uh, that made that pop into my head. Yeah, that's what it was to me, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. What are some other funny, funny stories from the combine? I'm always fascinated to hear, like, the the behind the scenes of those. Like, were there any uh, guys that you got to hang out with at the combine and shoot the shit with and uh, things like that? Uh, not really, man. Um, not really, um, because you you know you're there. It's business time, you know. I can remember taking my drug test, though. You know, you had to pee in the cup. And this dude is talking to me the whole time I'm peeing, but he's also just looking at, you know, he's looking at me peeing. He's looking at my dick. You know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's watching uh, you peeing. He's, he's sizing yeah. you up, and Calvin. He, <laughs> yeah, and, and he, you know, he's having this conversation with me. He's like, yeah, man, Ohio, man, Frank told us she's coach some good running back. And I'm, like, still trying to pee. You know, like, dude, come on, man, this. This is uncomfortable, man. And oh, then the and guy's then, talking to I, you. I I would never be able yeah, to like talk to a random like he, guy while he, I'm trying to pee. That's what, that's what I'm telling you. He's having a casual conversation, and after it was all said and done, he looked at my cup. He's like, "Hey, you need to drink some water." I'm like, "Dude, get the fuck out of here, man! All right, come on, man. <laughs> You've already looked at my meat the whole time I was peeing. Now you're gonna tell me I need. Now you're telling me I need to drink some water, man. Like, come on, dude. Let me get out of here. Uh, uh, but you know, we didn't. You didn't really have time to to hang out with dudes. You know, you were there. You you either had me. It was sun up, and, and when you were done with everything, you were just ready to um, go to sleep and just relax and get ready for the next day. So, no stories like this. I give you one before the combine when I played out in the hula bowl, man. Let's hear. So, I flew out. Um, I flew out a day after everybody. And and this is it, is this room. in uh, this is Honolulu, Calvin. Yep this, yep, this is in Honolulu. So, um, you're talking about, I probably had like 10 hours of, of travel time because I flew from Jacksonville to Atlanta, Atlanta to LA, LA to uh, Honolulu. So I get to my room and it's probably, I don't even know what time it was, but it's late. And I'm like trying to get in my room for the door. Like I put the key in, but they actually have the door locked. And somebody comes to the door and, I'm, and they're like, yeah, what's up? What's good? And I'm like, man, this, this is my room. Like, I right, give me a couple of minutes. So they closed the door, and, you know, at this point, I'm like, I've been traveling all day. I'm like, what the fuck are y'all doing? I'm, like, ready to get in the room. So as soon as I get ready to knock on the door to see what was going on, the door opens up. Ray Lewis is standing in the doorway. Jesus and Christ, I immediately, I, I, I immediately go from piss to, like, low-key fanboy because it's Ray Lewis, you know what I mean? And oh, although yeah. I'm trying to get, and although I'm trying to get to the level he's at, this is somebody I watched my whole life. You know, I, I watched him do his thing for years. You know, I watched him kill people. And I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I'm like, oh, yeah. Turns, turns out his brother who played at Maryland, played running back at Maryland, was my roommate uh, out of Hawaii. So he was just in there kicking it with his brother, man. But, I, I mean, I went from getting pissed like, all right, man, like, open the damn door, man, I'm tired, to immediately went into fanboy mode like, Oh shit, Ray Lewis is standing right in front of me, man. Cool dude, man. Cool dude. To be honest with you, talk about uh, one of the one of the all time greats in the game, Calvin. What do you? What are your thoughts on the Ray Lewis case, Calvin? Curious. Uh, the 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 murder deal. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I don't mean to laugh. I, I, I don't mean to laugh because yeah. obviously somebody lost, lost their lives. No, it's all I mean, right. It's all right, man. It's, it's you know, it's, I'm trying to word it properly, man. It's, I, I think he definitely, he definitely learned something from that situation. And I think he learned that you have to be careful who you have around, you know. Um, man, when you look at, when you look at celebrities and their run-ins with the law, it's like, you know, us as fans can tend to let some things slide because we love them for what they can do on the field. You know what I mean? Right. You know, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you what actually happened that night, you know, because I wasn't there. Ray knows what happened, you know, um. I do think, and that happened in Atlanta because I remember that. I, I'm from Decatur, so I remember that. Right. I think, I think the, uh, I think the lawyers went about it wrong. They, they just saw Ray Lewis, big name dude, was going after him, and it kind of killed that case, you know. Um, but with that being said, the man went on to have a great career. I definitely think he learned from that mistake, and you know, um, I'm happy. He was able to finish out his career, man, because he gave us some of the best football, some of the best linebacker plays we've ever witnessed. You know, one of my favorite uh, Ray Lewis moments, uh, it's really random. I'm not sure if this is anyone else's favorite Ray Lewis moment, but uh, Chad Johnson goes across the middle, and Ray (laughs) Lewis absolutely fucking destroys him. And and Chad Johnson goes back to the sideline. He goes, I tried to get Ray. He goes, but Ray yeah. got me first. Ray <laughs> yeah, got me good. I remember that one. Man, yeah, man. We give a shout out, man. Shout out to Ocho Cinco, man. That dude, shout out to Chad. He was one of the most entertaining dudes to ever play the game, man. And was a wizard with his footwork, man. The way he could stop and come in and out of route. Man, you got to show love to Chad, man. Yeah, and, and Chad Johnson was uh, as much of a showman as uh, he was an actual player. I mean... The game kind of needs guys like that. You know, I think that there's guys that are like really old school and they say, well, you know, you need to just uh, hand the ball to the referee. I say, fuck yeah. it. Let the boys dance and have some fun. I'm all about end zone man. dances, man. I'm curious. Man, who you, are some of your favorite end zone dances? <laughs> what? You talk about the NFL, man. How can you try to put a leash on dudes in the NFL? Yeah. But to answer your question, so to answer your question, Growing up, <laughs> growing up in Atlanta, man, uh, the Falcons made that Super Bowl run, and they eventually got beat by the Broncos in that Super Bowl. But Jamal Lewis doing a dirty bird. Jamal Lewis had this whole city of Atlanta doing a dirty bird, man. The whole city. I do, because he was so excited, because Atlanta was terrible. Atlanta was a terrible football city for years before Michael Vick showed up and they consensually started uh, consistently started playing well. And it was dudes, man, in the middle of traffic, somebody would get out of their car on Memorial Drive and start doing a dirty bird. Like, crazy, man. Uh, I'm trying to think of any others. You know, if I had to go one, man, cause, just because it's the city, man, Jamal uh, Jamal Anderson and uh, the dirty bird, man. Shout out to the Falcons for that one. I tell you what, man, Mike Tolbert has had some epic end zone dances uh, over the year, bro. Yeah. I love he he yeah. gets the, he gets the pelvic thrust in there, you know. It's uh, <laughs> it's great, bro. Mike Tolbert, yeah, he so cracks he cracks me up, bro. He's had some of the best end zone dances. A bowling ball, man. Hey, have you ever seen uh, Brandon Jacobs with the sprinkler? Ah, uh, shit! Do I remember that? Brandon Jacobs was a big dude too. Um. <laughs> No, I don't know if I remember that one. God, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Uh, you know, you know I, gotta, I, I mean, got, I was, go ahead. I wasn't huge. Uh, yeah, it's me. I wasn't huge on dance, but I love Cam with the Superman opening up the chest. You know what I mean? I love Cam Newton handing the ball to the kids. You know, shit like that is what I appreciate. I don't, I'm not a dancer, but I don't dislike it. You know what I mean? I'm just more so up for, all right, something simple. You know, and then maybe hand the ball to a kid, man. I love it, man. You know, I think that uh, the the touchdown dances are just an epic part of the game. And to me, like, it, it, t- it took the NFL owners so fucking long to relax that it's like, guys, take that stick out from your ass. Like, my God. It, like, 
they should have they should have done like, that a long time ago, dude. Have you ever seen highlights of the old the old USFL? That was some of the most epic football ever, and they were dancing. The crowds were storming the field. Yeah, man. Yeah, but you you think about NFL owners, and what do you really have? You got old white dudes. You know what I mean? You got old white dudes. How many of them are going to be able to relate? I understand why these athletes want to dance and celebrate after they score a touchdown. Yeah, it's it's. You know, I it's, think once they get, they need to get fucking younger owners. That's what they need to do. Yeah, they get some black owners in there too. It's it's pretty stupid that uh, you know it, it took them this long to realize that hey guys, we need to let the players dance like. It took you that long to realize, like, sports at the very essence are supposed to be fun. Like, you shouldn't need this long a time to, like, not be throwing flags all the damn time. Like, come on. There's a reason they call it the no fun league because all you want to do is fucking find someone for a hit. You want to find them for a stupid end zone dance because they wear the wrong fucking socks or the wrong fucking shoes. Like, God, let the men suit up and play some goddamn ball. It's your boy, Roger. It's your boy, Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell might be the most negative thing that happened to the National Football League. That dude become a commissioner. And if you get a chance, I promise you, I promise you, promise you, Mike Mitchell will fucking rip Roger Goodell apart. If you ever get a chance to talk to him. Oh, trust me. I think Mike hates Roger Goodell. Trust man. me. I've and, reached and, out and, to him. Hey, you know, Dave Portnoy's throwing a fuck Roger Goodell party. Uh, shout out to Dave Portnoy. <laughs> hey, I want a front row seat to that party, Dave, because I'm fucking man, there, man. big dog. Yeah. Fuck Roger Goodell. Right, yeah. It's just come on, man. It's, when you look at the NFL, all the all the things they say they're say they're doing as far as safety for the league is BS, man. It's BS because if you were to go back and look at all the working cases uh, filed by the NFL, you would go, "Wow, they don't want to pay that money." So now, you know what I mean? It's not about the sort of safety, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree, Calvin. It's, I agree, hundred percent. It's not. It's about them not wanting to pay money, man. And now you're ruining the game. I feel bad for defenders. I feel bad for defenders. You know, I feel bad for offensive players too now because you can't hit high, it's going to be a flag. But when you hit low, you're more prone to get injured. Right, ACL. Would you rather have your ACL done or a concussion? And that's these guys' livelihood. So it's like, what the fuck do we do? You know, it's almost to the point to where, all right, let's either play two-hand touch or let's play flag football. You can't hit anybody anymore. It's ridiculous, man. And for years, for years, the NFL was advertised as a gladiator sport. Why did you go to the game? You wanted to see big hits, you know? Look at the old NFL highlight films. Oh, yeah. Back in the day. You know, Dick Buck, Mike Singletary, those days. Hey, Ronnie you know, Lott. God, Ronnie Lott could Locke. fucking yeah. hit, man. This is what the league was advertised on for years. Now, all of a sudden, you want to stop it. Come on, man. Yeah, it's bullshit, dude. And, and you know, I cannot stand all these owners preach player safety, player safety. It's like you guys are tacking on an extra game. You guys don't give a fuck about player safety. They if don't. you gave a fuck they about don't. player safety, you would not be tacking on another game. The extra game and is completely <clears throat> unnecessary. And I'll fucking say that 50 million times if I have to. It is the stupidest shit ever. God. NFL and if owners? You, and if you, if you care that much about them, you know, you'd also pay them. Like the NFL, the most brutal sport when it comes to what it does to your body. I but agree. They, and, and don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. They're getting paid a lot of money. Right. But that money is also taxed. They get taxed they, like crazy. They get taxed but in every most, state. Did you know that? In every state. They put, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, with my little check that I got, you fucking cut in the half. I'm like, what the hell is going on? But um, it's the most taxing on your body, but they're making the least amount of money. Yeah, you're, de- you you're definitely the, the right revenue. about that, Calvin. In terms of the percentage of money, like the, the NBA players versus NFL, it's like the NFL players are making peanuts compared to the other yeah. leagues. You're, you're 100% and right. It, I totally agree. And, it, 
in the in, in the They NBA. need more guaranteed and, and money. That's what they really need. That's what I was going to say. Their NBA and MLB is guaranteed money, right? Mm-hmm. Crazy. Fucking Alex, Alex Rodriguez is like still getting paid from the Rangers, I want to say. You know what I mean? That, that, baseball is crazy. That's his own thing. But if they care that much about the players, you wouldn't be like, Dak wouldn't be having to threaten to hold out. You know what I mean? He would get paid. Like, pay these dudes so they can take care of their families. Because their life's career span isn't very long in the NFL. Right. Three, average, average lifespan of an NFL player is what? Three years, right? You know, yeah. And then, so the lifespan is short. They're getting taxed. On top of, you know, just these dudes are just trying to provide for their families, man. Pay them if you care that much. Forget all these franchise tax, man. Just pay the people what they're worth. You're making the money. Yeah, I totally agree, Calvin. I want to talk about another injustice in the NFL. Uh, we're going to talk about the Ray Rice situation. I, I thought Ray Rice got completely <laughs> blackballed by the NFL. And, you know, I'll, no one no one wants to come out and say this, but I'll completely go on record and say, okay, listen, I'm not condoning violence against women, not in any way, shape, or form. But you know what? Ray Rice oh. got fucked, and no one wants to say it. The NFL blackballed Ray Rice so they didn't have to deal with the PR hit. Like, it was the biggest bunch of bullshit ever. Ray Rice was still good. He deserved another shot. And it was it was total garbage, dude. I to this day, I thought Ray Rice got completely screwed. I mean, I'm all for I'm with you. I I never condone hitting a woman and I'm all for protecting black women. And you know, but here's what I'll say. Um the NFL seems to be very selective and uh who they give second chances to. I know Ray Rice said somebody else. I mean, you talk about, you know, mistake or not, Dr. Stallworth killed somebody. Yeah. He hit a person with his car, drug driver, killed him, and was able to come back in the league. You know, uh, shout out Pac-Man Jones, Atlanta dude. How many chances did Pac-Man Jones get in the league? You know, it, 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 it just, it, it, I don't understand why Ray got the, uh, what, the, the treatment he did. But I'm with you, man. I felt like you should have got a second chance, especially when that tends to be, you know, the American way. Like, all right, you, you screw up. Like, who doesn't like a good redemption story? All right, he, he made his mistake. Like you said with Michael Vick, he made his mistake. He did the time. He devoted so much time and energy to Peter, and he got another shot. Ray Rice, for whatever reason, didn't get that shot, man. Uh, I do feel like he should have. And I, I, I think he was – I definitely know he learned from it. Uh that is a real good question, man. I, I couldn't tell you why Ray Rice got the treatment he did. Man. Well, I I have my theory on it. I think it was because the video was out there. I think if people had not seen mm-hmm. the video, there wouldn't have been anywhere near the public outcry, and people wouldn't have been bitching about, you know, what an awful person Ray Rice is, all right? You know what I mean? Like, this yeah. is my thing with Ray Rice, mm-hmm. all right? It was one of his first offenses, like, Ray Rice is a way better person than people are going to give him credit for. All right. Okay. All right. He made a huge fucking mistake. Okay. But how many of us have made mistakes in lives? You know, like it's just such bullshit. Like look yourself in the mirror before you treat Ray Rice like a piece of shit. Ray Rice deserved a second chance. And God, man, that guy got fucked over so bad. Yeah, you're right. That video, it, it was hard to watch that video, though. It was, you know, uh, you think about Ray Rice being the NFL player, so he's, you know, you know, he's stronger than than his now wife, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, you're right, man. See, I think seeing that video just put people in a in a really in a really tough spot, you know. But and, but not a point thing is you look at what happened with Joe Mixon, you know, that was on film too, and it looked terrible, but he still got a shot. You know, so for whatever reason, Ray Rice just kind of <laughs> he got the example made out of him, man, and it sucks. Yeah, that's for him definitely. I mean, Ray Rice, one of the greatest running backs in college football, and I don't think he's going to be in the NFL Hall of Fame. But goddamn, he had some really good years in the NFL. I don't think he's yeah, he did. Quite Hall of Fame worthy, but Jesus, that nah. guy was insane. Greg Schiano rode that guy till the wheels fell off at Rutgers. God, we played, we played them, man. You that game, I was telling you, I missed that block and Coach Foley jailed at me. 
Ray Rice was on that rookie team. I, I remember that. Did what, did they have? Yeah. Uh, did that team had Tequan Underwood and Kenny Britt? Uh, that I, I can't remember. Yeah, I know. And my Underwood, I think Underwood may have been on that team. I don't know about Britt. Dude, I remember. I, I remember Tequan. God, Tequan Underwood at Rutgers, dude. Yeah. That guy was so good. Yeah. Jesus, love, man. he was love. In, he was Absolutely. incredible, man. Tequan Underwood, Mohamed Sanu too. They had Mo Sanu on Mo, that team. Not on that team, but he's a Rutgers dude. Yeah, yeah. Mo Sanu yeah. is uh, God. You talk about an incredibly gifted player. That guy can spin yeah. a goddamn spiral, can he? Jesus. Absolutely. And like some of the passes he's thrown over the years. I mean, God, they are just gorgeous balls, man. Might want to tell. I was surprised they didn't tell Matt Ryan, hey, why don't you take practice off? We're gonna we're gonna let most of new uh spin it all day in practice. (laughs) That's funny, man. That's funny. Matt Ryan was in that 2007 draft too. Boston College. Dude, you know what? It's funny. They, I don't know if you remember, they had a running back, Andre Callender. Yeah, Andre, Andre, Callender. Andre Callender was good, man. You remember him? Yeah. He was at, funny, he was at the Hula Bowl with me and ended up getting beat up. He got jumped in the bathroom, man. Heard what? He, Why'd he get jumped yeah. in the bathroom? <laughs> I couldn't tell you, man. Uh, Jesus Christ, this is in... I, I, don't, I don't know, man. We were, we were out that night. Dude decided to go out. Something popped off and they kicked us out of the spot immediately. They kicked us out of the spot. And um, all I remember is that next day being in the airport, airport, seeing him on crutch. like, oh, damn, what happened, bro? He's like, hey, man, they got me. He had went to the restroom by himself, and some people some people got him, man. Jeez, that's that's awful, yeah. man. That's awful. Yeah. Um, how how did, what were the uh, practices leading up to the Hula Bowl, Calvin? Like, I mean, did you get to meet <laughs> any of the other like college stars and stuff? I mean, like, what was that like being around all the? I mean, I guys? think you know, I, I think the uh, the Hula Bowl was probably your lower tier bowl. You know, obviously, Senior Bowl is there. Then you got the East West Shrine Game. Then you got the Hula Bowl. Uh, coach Zook, Ron Zook was our coach. And that was and that was after Illinois had that really good year. They had Juice Williams at quarterback. Juice Williams uh, was a beast, and they had uh, uh, they have Aurelius Ben. Uh, I believe so. And they had they had um, Mendenhall as a running back. Now junior year at OU, we played. We went out to Illinois and beat them. Went to Illinois and beat them. And you know, I remember being in a, uh, in Hawaii with uh, Coach Zook in the elevator. He's like. Like, yeah, man, I remember you. He was, he was like, I remember you, man. You kind of you ripped us apart uh, last year. You know, I was like, congratulations, Coach, on the year. But the practices were sweet, man. Coach Zook kept it nice and sweet. He understood that, you know, you're here to showcase yourself, but y'all figured out a good time. Uh, was able to go visit Pearl Harbor uh, and just, you know, met Gene Simmons. <laughs> um, the guy from, sweet, that's the guy from uh, Kiss, right? From Kiss, yeah, from Kiss. That's was funny. Did he do it? Did, uh, did he do a pose for you, Calvin? Did he unleash the tongue? He, he did not, and thank God, because I did not want to see it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> want to see that shit? Nah, but you know, man, it was it was good. Man. I think Coach Zook understood why we were there, and so you know, the West, the West team, they they were putting in work in practice, and we end up we beat them pretty good, to be honest with you. But Coach um, Zook was solid, man. Practice was solid. Uh, did get to meet some guys. I know some guys from Marshall. Um, met some guys from the Naval Academy, man, and well, just different places. Central Florida. It was people from everywhere. Um, but uh, it was good, man. I, I really enjoyed myself. You know, Ron Zook was the coach that originally recruited Chris Leak to Florida. Uh, Chris Leak. Dude. Chris, hey. Chris oh, Leak, which leads me to my next topic. Dude. I will never forgive Urban Meyer for his treatment of Chris League because he treated yeah. Chris League like garbage. You know, it's like I get it. I get it. Tim yeah. Tebow's your guy. He's your guy. Like, yep. okay, get on your knees for Tim Tebow. That's awesome. And, <laughs> and I I get that, right? Like he he won you two national titles. Like, I understand that. But to me, yep. you need to show some love to Chris League. And not only that, 
don't treat Chris Leak like shit just because he can't run your scheme. Chris Leak was one of the best dropback passers of all time and threw one of the prettiest spirals in college football history. And Urban Meyer treated him like shit, as did Zach Smith. Those guys... You know, yeah. the, the way they treat Chris Leak, you, you wouldn't even know that Chris Leak went to Florida nowadays. Urban Meyer never yeah. noticed. He never mentions him publicly. Yeah. Not only that, do you see any Chris Leak jerseys in any of the Florida stores? No, it's all Tebow. No. To me, if I'm Chris no. Leak, I'd be pretty pissed off about that. Quite frankly, he fucking won them a national yeah. title. Yeah, you know, but you, 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 you're you going to have that when – a new coach is taking over, and they want to bring in their guys. I think that's naturally going to happen. Uh, funny story. I mean, funny thing is, I was uh, out and working mini camp in Kansas City, and they had brought Chris Leak in for a workout. So I actually was able to catch balls from him, and I agree. Do do the prettiest spiral I've ever seen in my life, man. But Chris Leak was a good dude, I, and I I totally agree with you on he needs. They need to put you know they need to show Chris Leak a little bit more respect because. He did some really, really good things down at Florida, man. I'll, n- I'll never forget him out at Independence High School. You realize he had the cool. national passing yeah. yardage record coming out of high school. Chris Absolutely. Lee did. That was guy. That North Carolina, right? What's that? Yeah, it was Independence. Yeah, North, yeah. Yeah, 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 Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah that kid. Yeah. I remember they. it was back when they did like the ESPN Diaries with Tom Lemming, yeah. and I was just <laughs> – I was glued to my computer screen. I, I love – I will always love Chris Leak. I know we got in some sort of like trouble recently. I, I'm not even talking about that, but I love Chris Leak as a football player. Like the spiral with that guy spun, like I'll forever love him. The way that guy used to spin a spiral, dude. It was like a ball machine, like the ball coming yep. out of his hand, dude. Like, God, he was so much fun to watch. And, I'll I'll never forgive Urban Meyer for the way he treated him because, you know, I even I even talked to Zach Smith on the phone about that, and you know, this is what Zach Smith said. He said that Urban Meyer would get pissed at Chris Leak because he thought that he thought that Chris Leak wasn't running the plays properly. It's like you know what, dude? He's not a fit for that scheme. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, which kind of goes back to that question. Kind of, my I guess it explains why. I put Urban on my dislike coaches list. <laughs> I mean, th- this is my you know thing. I mean? th- this is my thing, right? Like, if you if you don't like the guy, like, you should have given him his papers to transfer. You know, if you're going to treat him like Absolutely. shit, be like, listen, Chris, this is probably not in your best interest. As opposed to, I mean, they, they really treat him like garbage. And, and quite honestly, like, the whole Florida fan base, I, I don't know how they treat him in general, but to me, one of the one of the more uh, disrespected college football players I've ever seen. I mean, just totally unfair what happened to Chris Leak. Yep, I agree, man. I definitely agree. Good dude, man. Talk to me about um, talk to me about Eugene Jarvis, man. I love watching that play at Kent State. <laughs> God damn, Kent that State, kid! Yeah. That kid yeah. could fucking run, dude. Yeah, I mean, the Mac, man, the Mac has produced a lot of good running backs. Uh, and he was one. Eugene Jarvis is one of them. Uh, again, not a big dude. Not a big dude at all, but just could run. And being on offense like him, I was able to sit on the sideline and just, you know, just be able to see them do their thing, man. Just, you know, again, one of those dudes had great balance, great, uh, just had a really good skill set. And his focus on the way to use, you know, to use him properly, man. Um Definitely, definitely, probably one of my favorite running backs at that time. Who Who are some of your other favorite players that you liked watching in the uh, MAC during your college career, Calvin? I tell you, I'll be honest, man. MAC championship game, like straight up, dude. Oh, Dan La Fever yeah. was a La fucking Fever, dog, dude. Oh, hey, you know, funny Fever, story man. about that yeah. MAC championship game, bro. I heard Coach Brown. Yeah. Broke his headset that game, but it's like, dude. Yeah. To be honest, I mean, Nick Saban said it best, Calvin. You cannot defend a perfect pass, and Dan Lefevre yeah. threw 
perfect pass after perfect pass after perfect pass. I was just like, that whole fucking game, dude. I was just like, there's yeah. fucking nothing we could do, dude. Like, this dude's yeah. fucking dropping dives. It, 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 you're right. It was nothing we could do, man. I, and it's just one of those things like, all right, shit, I guess. <laughs> Tonight's not our night, man. But thinking back on some of my favorite players, I think back to freshman year, man, Charlie Fry did his thing at Akron. Um, Josh Cribbs at Kent State was amazing to watch. Oh, um, you remember Josh Cribbs when he did that? Uh, he did that front flip into the end zone against us. Yeah, dude, yeah, I was on the sideline that yep. game. I was holding like you know, like the radio dish where you like you have to hold like the radio dish for, to collect the sound for radio. Mm-hmm. Somehow, yeah, yeah, yeah. I somehow, so, I was doing that that day, and my hands were fucking yeah. freezing, Calvin. I could not Free feel. Bro, I could not feel my hands that day, Calvin. But, dude, I will yeah. never forget that performance by Josh Cribb. Straight up. He ran yeah. for over 200 yards that game, Calvin. He did. He ran, he, ran, he, he ran for two and two for two, man. Dude had over 400 yards for the offense. Dude, he went was, fucking again, bananas that game, bro. It. it was nothing we could do about it, man. Um, but those two are definitely up there. Um, trying to think. Um, there's Lance Moore. Lance Moore out of Toledo. Lance Moore, the receiver Did from Toledo. Yep, yep. And he's a Columbus kid, man. Went to Westville South High School, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Columbus. Um, I, but I think probably number one dude was Julian Edelman. Um, and you got to remember, Edelman was playing receiver. In college. I mean, he was playing quarterback in college. Looking at him, you would think nothing spectacular. I met him at Mac Media Day going into my senior year, and it was like, eh, you know, like, eh, all right. But dude got on the field and just balled, man. Just balled. Oh, yeah. Balled he, at Kent State. That guy was so hard to tackle. I'll never forget watching our defense oh, try to God. tackle him. It was so – that weather was so bad that day, dude. It was oh, windy God. as uh, hell. I hated it, man. So we we go, you know, you get to the stadium and it's like, all right, no, I think I'm talking to Todd. Like, anything, you gonna wear sleeves? Like, go out, like, it's cool. Like, all right, I don't have to wear sleeves. Right before we go back in the locker room after warm up, it was like the bottom fell out of the sky. Shit went black, started hell in a little bit. Sleep, I, any type of precipitation that could happen happened that day. Oh yeah, it was it was, was hailing. I remember that the middle yeah. of the fucking game, bro. <laughs> And we, we had that lightning delay, and I was like, thank God, man. This whole <laughs> fuck, I don't even, I, you know, I wanted to say, man, just call the game, man. I think we were winning at the time. Just call the game, let us get these victories, <laughs> and let us get back to Athens, man. I was like, damn, you know, I can remember going to Matt Moore, and like, dude, I get some more socks, I can't feel my toes. <laughs> Damn, it was cold, man. That was, that was a shitty game. Oh, dude, th- that was that was some of the worst football weather I've ever been in, dude. Yeah. I got a, I got a funny yeah. story for you. That's this isn't even this isn't even Ohio related, but I got a funny football story from me when I was little. Football wise, coldest weather I've ever been in my life. Right, I was at Virginia Virginia TCU, and I was. Uh, I was probably like 11 or 12. This was an Independence Weed Eater Bowl back when Mike Groh was the quarterback for the Cavaliers, uh, right? Yeah. yeah. It was, yep. it, this was back in the day, bro. So, anyways, it was like 19, uh, I don't know if it was 95, maybe 96, something like that. Anyways, it was raining to where it was like 30, 33 degrees and rainy. It was fucking freezing. Like, I literally couldn't feel my toes or my hands. And so we go, we go into the bathroom at halftime, bro. And my brother watches this guy, this Virginia fan at the stall, pissing all over his hands to warm his hands up, bro. Uh, 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 <laughs> he goes, ah. That's fucking disgusting. <laughs> Yeah, Jesus, to, to this day, it's one of my favorite football stories of all time, bro. Man. That is a good one, but that's nasty as hell. I know, I know. It's nasty as shit. It's like, you know, it's funny because they had heaters in there too. And it's like, if you're going to piss on your hands, why not just Just put hot water on them, bro? I think think the coldest I have been, I've probably been in was 2009. It was my first year of high school coaching. 
And um, we make it to the state championship. And we're playing in Ohio. And I mean, it's cold. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's fucking cold, wait. And uh, our head coach at the time never wore pants. Whatever, regardless of the weather, he never wore pants. Um, so we're getting ready to go out, and I'm putting on pants, and our offensive corner is like, what are you doing? And I look at him, I'm like, what the hell you mean, man? It's cold as hell out there. wearing shorts out there. And he says, you haven't worn shorts all year. If you wear shorts tonight and we lose, what are you going to do? And <laughs> instantly, like, instantly, athlete, athlete superstition, like, damn, I guess I can't wear shorts today. So I'm on the sideline. I'm cold as shit. I'm ashy. Like, I'm I'm moving kids out of the way of the heater. Like, y'all get the hell out of the way. I need to, I need to stay warm. Luckily, we go on to win. Um, and coincidentally, that was uh, Glenville High School, and Cardell Jones was the quarterback that game. We played against Cardell Jones. Um, but I just remember getting back to my phone in the locker room, and I think KP, you know, Kenneth Pride, man, KP texting like, what the fuck you got on shorts for, man? I was like, it's a long story, bro. Long story. He was like, what the fuck you got on shorts for, and why didn't you put on lotion? I was like, man, I did put on lotion, but it was cold. You know, you just ask you, man. I can't help you, man. That's to the flow theory podcast you can listen to our podcast on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher spotify and tune in